You are listening to Geek Fest Rants on the IC Robots Radio Network. You have located Geek Fest Rants, the entertainment podcast for genre geeks like you. Shall we play a game? Covering the world of vintage and current film and television since 2010. Game over, man. Game over. Featuring in-depth conversations on sci-fi, horror, fantasy, comics, toys, and conventions. So say we all. So say we all. And now sit back, relax, and enjoy today's show. on all we know. A thousand generations live in you now. But this is your fight. everybody and welcome once again to Geek Fest Rants. My name is Carlos Perone and today I have Steve joining me. We are going to talk a little bit about Celebration Chicago. Celebration just took place this past week and lots and lots of news came in, lots and lots of trailers shown, but the main, 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 main event here is the trailer for Episode 9, Star Wars Episode 9, which is now called the Rise of Skywalker. We're going to talk a little bit about the trailer. We are going to examine it shot by shot, like we've done in previous episodes, and give our own little theories of what some of these things might mean and the number of surprises that the trailer hit us with, that the fan community, you know, is still recovering from right now and theorizing just like we are. So let's get started with. The teaser trailer for Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. What did I teach you? You are the Duke of New York. You're a number one. You will not laugh. You will not cry. You will learn by the numbers. I will teach you. Can you dig it? Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. That horn of Satan. <laughs> Oh, really? The Force will be with you, always. Okay, joining me once again, I have Steve on the line. Hi, Steve, how are you? Hello there. Hello, everyone. And now, I don't know about you, but the last four days, I've spent a combination of working while staring at my phone and at home while staring at my phone and going on the computer 
and and back and forth and and then I have to go out you know run an errand but I'm still staring at my phone so it's this isn't the first time that I've done this because whenever celebration comes around and I am not able to attend like this time I do want to keep up with it and just so people understand what they've been doing for a number of years now they obviously they didn't do it at first because they didn't have the technology but over the last uh, I don't know maybe four celebrations more or less they've been able to stream through the internet you know through through youtube channels let's say certain events that take place during the convention now obviously they can't do everything because there's way too much stuff i mean they would have i couldn't tell you how many possibly hundreds of hours worth of material if they did that but it's impossible to stream every panel every single event but they do try to hit the big gigantic major ones associated with the with the convention What's also different about this year, and I'm not sure if they did this last time also, was that the convention only used to be about four days, but now they've gone to a fifth day. So there's even more material out there that it's just insane how much, you know, how much these things are costing in terms of how much tickets you got to buy and hotel rooms and food and, you know. They're, they're pretty long, so they're, you know, there's a lot of material out there. The big, big, big thing, you know, there's always some big thing with, a, with one of these celebrations. And this particular one, the, the Celebration of Chicago, was basically episode nine. That was the big event that I believe took place on Friday. And they had a panel, you know, with the director and the producer. And Kathleen Kennedy was there. J.J. Abrams was there. The majority of the, the A-tier cast, let's say, was there. There were a couple of actors who were noticeably not there, probably on purpose. Uh, you had your main actors. You had one, I think there was either one or two new actors in the mix. Maybe just one. I forget the girl's name. Rumor going around that she might be Lando's daughter. Who knows? Maybe she is. Maybe she's not. Maybe she's another love interest for for Finn. Who knows? Or, or for even Poe at, at this <laughs> level. You, know, you never know which way they're going to kind of shift gears on people. But... I know that, I think her name is Carrie Russell. She wasn't there, and she's apparently playing a role, and she's a known name. Richard Grant, also, that he's the guy that's been rumored to maybe he'll be Admiral Throng in, the, in a live version of that character. Who knows? Maybe. Oh, and uh, I always forget the guy's name. The guy from Lost, uh, Mo Moynihan. Something Moynihan. Dom Dominic Moynihan. Dominic Moynihan. He's also apparently in this movie, but again, he, he wasn't there for this convention. So either their characters are too secretive, or maybe they're too CGI-ish that they don't want to kind of uh, let it, you know, let the cat out of the bag yet as to who they're playing. Did you get a chance to listen to any of the episode nine panel? Yeah, actually, I watched most of it Good. when they started streaming for it. So I saw like right when uh, right when Billy D. Williams came out and everything, and he was talking, <laughs> uh, which was great. It was great to see him. It was usually good to see him, you know, you know, on stage making a few jokes. And I noticed Adam Driver wasn't there as well. You know, one of the, all yeah, the, the, yeah. You know, he's Kylo Ren. So and, 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 and Mark Hamill wasn't there either. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And, and with Mark Hamill not being there, it's sort of. You know, you think you, you would think that they would try to get, you know, someone with that clout, you know, to really be, you know, to be present. Yes. So, and, I, and I know for a fact he is busy. I know I know for, I know he, he's, he's doing some sort of other show, I believe. Yeah. I'm not sure like... if that's wrapped up in shooting or not. So uh -huh. you, you think yeah, that he would have had, you know, and, and, and this is Star Wars here. And he's been so, you know, public facing with his tweeting recently and everything. So oh, yeah. you, th you think he would have, you know, would have been invited to come. So maybe he wasn't invited or... I'm sure it wasn't a snub. I'm sure it's it's a strategy that they don't want to have certain people out there at this point because they're going to get clobbered with people trying to find information, especially from them. I mean, we know he's in the movie, so that's no mystery. But everybody's like, well, is he coming back to life? Is he a forced ghost? Is he something different? You know, So I think it's a strategy. They're, they're doing it in layers, in, in stages. They want you to see things a little bit at a time. You know, they're building up that anticipation. You know, they don't want another repeat of Solo where they just were cramming so much so soon that people were like, what, what? Another Star Wars movie? Where? I don't see it. You know, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, no. I, yeah, I know that definitely makes sense. So let's go through the trailer because this is—it's considered a teaser trailer. I have a feeling by the time the movie comes out, we'll have at least 
maybe three trailers, you know, in the can. Uh, I imagine the next trailer might come maybe around San Diego Comic-Con time, and then the final trailer probably around October, around New York Comic-Con, and around Force Friday, or I forget if it's called Force Friday, it's when they're going to release all the toys before the movie comes out, and I believe that's going to be in October. So I, I think that's the timeline I'm theorizing on. So let's start with the current trailer that they just showed us. Okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to play the trailer while I'm talking to you, and I'm going to go shot by shot on the trailer. Okay, so just like any other trailer, it starts with your Lucasfilm logo, and then you can hear Ray breathing, you know, like breathing kind of heavily, like she's tired or something. And we open up with the first shot of her where it appears to be in a desert. Now, could this be Tatooine? Could this be Jakku? Uh, could this be Jeddah? We don't know. It could be a completely new planet we've never heard of. I have no clue. Uh, she's wearing an outfit that's a little different than we've seen before. I don't know if she was wearing this at the end of the last film, or this might be a completely new outfit. I think Not this is a new outfit. I think this is a new... It's a little newer? Yeah. yeah. Uh, she's kind of breathing, and it, look, it almost looks like she's kind of like meditating a little bit and trying to see far away. And you do hear a voiceover of what to me sounds like Luke saying... Oh, definitely. We passed on all we know... A thousand generations live in you now. I assume he's talking about her. And he says, and this is your fight. And while you're hearing this narration, she's focusing more. And you kind of see in the distance, something is approaching her from really far away. And she kind of, you get this like a, like the Western shot of what normally would be the, the belt and the gun. And you see far away, like the Han Solo type of shot. But it's her and she... She grabs the lightsaber. She grabs her lightsaber. And one of the things I noticed about the lightsaber that it's kind of easy to tell, first of all, is that it's Luke's lightsaber. And this is the same lightsaber that was split in half in The Last Jedi. Yep. But what I'm noticing is that she's grasping it kind of towards the top, you know, the metal part. Not so much the grip part, but the top metal part. And to me, it looks like it's smaller. For some reason, I have a... Again, my theory is that she rebuilds it, obviously, from the two shattered pieces. But she rebuilds it to a different, slightly different size so it fits her hand better. Because if I remember Luke in Empire or even Star Wars, he could hold this thing with, like, two hands and there would be some more heft through it. Maybe and, some more hilt showing. Yeah, you would have more, more hilt. And, you know, she's got smaller hands than Mark Hamill, I think. And this looks pretty custom size to her hands. So again, I could be just, you know, blowing smoke out of my butt, but it's one of these little rabbit holes we go down with Star Wars that it could mean something, it could mean absolutely nothing. She also has a blaster, which I believe it's a blaster left over from the, from I think it's the one Solo gave her in uh, in uh, The Force Awakens. Oh, that's actually a good call. I didn't notice that actually. Yeah, yeah, I think it's but the yeah, one yeah, that, you're that right. she, I think she gives them when, yeah. So again, in the distance, we see some kind of a vehicle approaching. It's kind of hovering. We can't really tell. We hear it as well, the iconic sound of it. Yeah, the closer it gets, the, the, the more evil sounding. And then you have a slate that says, every generation has a legend. This is also, uh, granted, they're using the fonts that now are, I guess, considered sequel trilogy fonts. These are the same fonts they used for The Force Awakens. Uh, and somebody also said that this kind of harkens back to The Phantom Menace. When they were, if you remember the trailer for Phantom Menace, and it was about every generation has its own blah, 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 blah. They seem to be kind of hinting at that again, because this is supposed to be the end of the Skywalker saga. That's how they are uh, promoting this whole thing. Yeah, I think you're also promoting, you know, this whole movie basically is is to, to touch upon pieces of all the other movies as well. So exactly. I, I think J.J. Cole was quoted in saying that he wants to he, he wants it to be a combination of the entire saga. So including all the movies. Precisely. So what you have next is a it's a weird shot. I mean, it's a it's like a pan tilt crane shot of the the sand and the rocks and the and the mountains and it and the camera is kind of angling itself and it's also starting to move at a certain pace uh because it's going to something is going to catch up to the camera and pass by it and then all of a sudden you see a ship whizzing by you hear that tie fightery kind of scream and it looks like kylo ren's fighter it has that those triangular wings you know the like the tie fighter kind of wings but it is making that that tie fighter scream and then you get a shot of her igniting the lightsaber again in the distance something's approaching and and then there's this really cool shot that to me it screams anime it just screams anime because she <laughs> in the distance this thing is coming to her 
Instead of staying facing it, she turns towards the camera and does one of these action poses with the lightsaber behind her. And you're like, what the hell is she doing? You know, it's it, again, it's it's very it's to, again to me, it's very anime looking. It's a very traditional move. Then you get a close up of whoever is flying that ship. And you the only thing you see is the uh, the, the gloves. And again, I'm going to the simple guess is Kylo Ren because he's the guy that wears the, the bad guy gloves. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's the most obvious choice. Then we get a shot of her turning back slightly and the camera zooms in on her a little bit and she starts to run forward while this thing is coming up behind her and she's running with the sword is extended so she's like okay she's running away from the from this from this tie fighter and the tie fighter as it gets closer to her sand is kicking up and it's creating like a trail behind it because it's it's only hovering i don't know maybe about five feet above ground or something or maybe even less and as it gets really close to her, we now see the cockpit that is different. It is not the cockpit we saw in the last film. It's more like a TIE fighter round cockpit with that clear glass in the front. So it's it's definitely a, a bad guy ship. It's just a new version of it. And it's also, the, the cockpit area is all painted red. So there is something with the colors that they're still playing with the black and the red, you know, as far as bad guy colors go. So... We get the this incredible shot of her running, running, running. And as the TIE fighter gets really, really close to her, she does this flip where it's kind of a slow motion, kind of like a matrixy kind of flip where you can kind of tell she's either going to land on top of it and slice it open or or something. She's about to do something to it. And everybody's like, their, their jaw just drops because they're like, oh my God, we've never seen something like this. So now you have this Christmas, the slate. Now, the next shot is, it could be a controversial shot, or again, it could be one of these, you know, fanboys out of their mind kind of shots. <laughs> you see this ship at night approaching a mountain area with a lot of like fog around it and you do see some lights as if there is some activity you know some kind of colony or something down there the ship is really hard to see what ship it is the only thing you do see is that it has two engines and some kind of a bubbly kind of top on the on the, on the top you don't see too much in the bottom some people have <laughs> done some freeze frames you know some screen grabs and cleaned up the shot of just that ship and it looks a lot from what I've seen when you compare them to the ship we saw in The Force Awakens where Rey's parents are flying away or abandoning her. Quote, unquote, flying away. Uh, yeah, yeah, flying away. They're going to get to, remember, they're, they're going to get drinking money to, to go spend it or something or whatever the heck that was. Could this be tied to her parents leaving? Could this be a, a flashback of something that happened of where that ship ended up? Who knows? Maybe, again, this could be absolutely nothing to do with that. And we're just speculating like a bunch of maniacs like we always do. That's 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 what we do. Uh, so you get that ship. Okay, great. Nice shot. Then you get a really interesting shot of Kylo Ren, who seems to be like fighting his way through a forest. But it's... I can't really tell you if it's night or day because the sky is all red. It's like a... I don't know if there's a forest fire nearby or this is just the, the the world he's in where maybe the moon is, it's a red moon, but he seems to be slashing with his uh, lightsaber, uh, this character who seems to be some kind of a warrior, but I, you can't really see his face too clear or his armor, what he's wearing. On the secondary shot, you do see as he's taking this warrior down, you do see a stormtrooper, a first order stormtrooper walking in the same direction he's walking. So... He, I guess, is is still involved in, in whatever it is he was involved with before, the First Order. Again, some people have done some freeze frames, and they think that the person that he's attacking could be from the vision that Rey had when she touched the lightsaber for the first time during Force Awakens, right around the time that you see the Knights of Ren, and when he's fighting and the Knights of Ren are fighting the other Jedi trainees, and they're killing them, they're speculating that that's what that guy looks like. One of those, you know, other Jedi that got mauled down in the process. Some people are saying maybe he's just fighting the Knights of Ren. Maybe he turns on his own allies or something, which we haven't really seen at this point. It's interesting, but if, if you notice in that shot too, like in back, 
because you know Calvin is facing like a certain way. Like, he, he's he's yeah. facing like the um like the right side. Like he's you no know, he's moving toward the right side of the camera. Correct. Correct. And in back of him, also fighting on his at his flank is a storm. Is, you know one of the stormtroopers. Yeah. That yeah. would imply that you know they're on the same side. They're both facing the same direction. Both kind of going in that direction. Right. He's it's, still with the first order. He's still yeah. part of the first order. The question is, who is this guy? Who is this guy he's fighting? Right, He doesn't right, right. seem to be, I mean, he doesn't look like a rebel soldier or anything like that or a resistance soldier or something, you know, so it's, who, who is this guy? It's, that's, you know, it's, it's a mystery right now. Yeah, the guy has a very ornate costume on, so yeah, it's, it's, he, he seems like a, a, he would be a step above, you know, just kind of like a random guy. Right, and we don't really see what kind of weapon he's holding. He's holding something in his hand, but it's not like a lightsaber or a blaster. I, I don't know, like a club or yeah, something? Yeah, it's, like, it's like some sort of like axe or something. Yeah, like a sword. It's hard to say at this point. So we then get two quick shots of a couple of hands that they might or might not be Kylo Ren's hands because the second shot, there's like fur coming out of the hands, like from, 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 the, uh, from the sleeve into the hands, and the hands are like welding together Kylo Ren's helmet back. Remember the one he smashed on the, on the elevator when he threw a tantrum? They're kind of like putting it together, and you can see like all the areas with the seams of all the different pieces, they're all red now. So like you have these red connections, like a puzzle almost. And um, that helmet with, with all those red marks on it is also the new Hasbro, jumping a little forward here, toy line uh, logo. You know, every, every, every toy line gets a logo. This is the logo for this movie. It's the cracked helmet. So that's an interesting, uh, you know, this, it's important because he's apparently going to be wearing this new helmet that he's being put together from the pieces of the old one. But, Again, you don't know for sure who is putting it together for him because, like I said, there's like furry hands, you know, not necessarily Wookiee hands because the fingers are fleshy, but the, there's fur coming out of the uh, out of the sleeve. Interesting, interesting shots. Then we get another bit of a hero shot. You have Poe in the background on, on some on some rock again. It could be that first planet that, that Ray was on that we, we saw in the beginning. And Finn is in the front, in the foreground. He is holding what looks like Ray's staff. You know, that, that staff from the first film that she had in Jakku. That looks like what he's holding at that point. They're both wearing new costumes, obviously, for the new film. So they're, you know, earth tones, very, you know, rebel earth tones kind of stuff. Nothing too fancy. Because remember, after the last film, what, what is it like? Set, there's like 12 rebels left at this point. Uh, yeah. It's how many you can fit in the Falcon. <laughs> That's it. Then you get a shot of BB-8 and another new droid that they have talked about uh, in the convention, you know, in the panel. His name is Dio. I think it's D and the letter O or something like that. And it's a weird new concept uh, for a droid, which is imagine like the uh, like like the Pixar lamp, like the head of the lamp. Well, facing backwards, the skinny part faces forward and that whole lamp head runs on a single wheel kind of like a segway but it's 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 one wheel holding the the head in place yeah it looks like a, a hair dryer mounted on a unicycle <laughs> yeah exactly exactly a unicycle there you go perfect but it, it does have that that just like bba that capability where the head will stay in place or will stay balanced no matter what the the wheel does so they're they're, they're messing around with that and during the panel, they mentioned that just like with BB-8 during The Force Awakens, that when, when they were shooting the film, they were still trying to figure out how to make him run and do his things. So they used different forms, uh, different formats to be able to make him move around. They had sticks to push him and, and then some CGI and this and that. But by the time the convention happened, they finally had a fully functional remote control one. And that's exactly what they did with this Dio droid. At the convention, they announced, oh, look, and, you know, they brought him out on the stage and they were like... We can make him work now, but we were having the same issue. We were trying to make him work during the film, but by now we've kind of figured it out. So you do get a little quick two-shot of those guys. Then you get two shots that are uh, really interesting. It's a point-of-view rear shot of the Falcon cockpit. On the right-hand side, you can see Chewbacca kind of screaming, and then you see there's somebody right next to him. Uh, you, can't, uh, you can't tell exactly who it is. But then when you go to the front shot of who that person is, it's you finally get your Lando shot. And he's kind of like uh, laughing, screaming, which is a little reminiscent of the uh, uh, Return of the Jedi, you know, scream that he yeah, gives out. Yeah, his Yahoo. Yeah, his Yahoo from the Death Star. <laughs> so he looks, he's an older guy. And, you know, I, I'm interested to see how, you know, how they're going to fit him in into the story. How much actual screen time they can give him. He's wearing, 
what's interesting is the costume, it looks a lot like it, from Solo. His, his yellow, the one that Glover wore, that yellow shirt. So it's kind of like, I guess, a callback to that, to that other film. So that's kind of neat. I really enjoyed that. I'm, I'm really glad they, they gave him his <laughs> sort of his due. Yeah. And I, I, again, I don't know how much they can use him because you got to keep in mind, the guy is up there in his age and he's not the same person he used to be. He's not as fast or as witty or as, you know, he's, he's older. He, he, he doesn't have it like he used to have it. So... It's interesting, again, how can they take advantage of his personality without it, like, lingering too much? You saying, like, oh, my God, what, what's going on here? What's he doing? You know, I don't know how much can they give him, but you gotta, you have to. There's no way around that he has to be in this somehow. Well, well some I, I mean, you can compare that to, like, you know, Christopher Lee or Ian McDermott, and they they can still, you know, to me, they can still hold their own up to the best of them. So, so you know, <laughs> you, you, you can't be older and still have that, that you know, clarity, you know, um, yeah. you know on-screen presence. I mean, I, I've seen him in some television shows here or there. You know, he'll play a small role, but you can kind of tell that there's so much you can do with him. The same thing that Carrie Fisher used to have. You know, she would do The Big Bang Theory or some other shows, and it's like after a certain point, you can kind of tell, okay, we can't push too much because she's a different person, and she was completely a different personality, you know, when she got older. Uh, obviously, she's not around anymore. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they can make it work, you know, with, with Billy D. Now, another thing people pointed out, and again, I don't remember exactly for sure, but you do get a shot of the Falcon coming out of hyperspace into regular space. And as, the, as you get a closer shot of the rear of the Falcon, what looks like to me the top uh, radar dish is a round dish this time. So, I don't remember if in The Last Jedi, did they lose the dish again? Uh, during the Battle of Crate. I don't remember if that's what happened or something will happen in this film that will have them switch dishes again. Did they lose a dish? That's a good question. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, that dish has been lost so many times. I know, I, I know. I, I don't think so. Because uh, I think it was round. a square, I think it was yeah, a yeah, rectangular it was a rectangular, one. yeah. Yeah. So after the Falcon, you get another slate that says the saga comes to an end. Again, we're, we're in that theme. Then you get a shot again in this uh, desert planet. You see some uh, skiff-looking ships uh, flying towards you and some uh, spires, some technological like weather vanes or, or <laughs> moisture evaporators or something and explosions happening everywhere as if they're chasing this ship. And what's weird about this shot, and at first I couldn't make heads and tails of it, it looks like what could be first ordery looking troopers are chasing them and i couldn't tell what they're chasing them on it was it's like is it are they on some kind of speeder or it almost looked like they were in a broom it looked like the harry potter thing and it's like and some people say no it's jetpacks these are these are troopers with jetpacks so they don't have anything that they're grabbing onto they're they're grabbing onto their weapon and the jets are coming out of their back there's one on top and then there's one in the bottom that would be very um mandalorian if if they did go yeah. that route but yeah i, I, and, I, I guess when i saw that uh, yeah now that you mention it yeah i guess i can see it. it was when i saw it i just assumed it was speeders but you can tell that they're getting a bit too much elevation for it to be a, a normal traditional speeder so yeah you might be and there's That's no color right. change. There's no like, you know, there's no darker vehicle under them. Everything is white. So it's kind of like whatever color their, their armor is, which also kind of makes sense because usually, you know, with a new film, you want to introduce some new armor into the, you know, into the mythology. And they do that all the time. So, you know, The Last Jedi had the, the, the red uh, Praetorian Guard. So here you might have something new, you know, that we haven't seen yet, which makes perfect sense. Yep. Now, the next shot is kind of what could be a close up of the ship that is being chased. And you do see Poe, Finn, and C-3PO. That seems to be like hanging on to like a mast as they're being shot at from behind. You see some uh, some some green uh, bolts uh, hitting the their ship and sparks flying everywhere. Then they cut to a shot of what looks like an A-wing, a more modern A-wing, and it looks like one of the engines is on fire and it's about to crash. I don't think this is the same ship that you know from the previous shot. I think this is a completely separate scene from a, from somewhere else. Yeah, no, it definitely is. Then you get a close-up of woman's hands, most likely Leia, and she's touching one of the Yavin medals. She's like stroking the medal. 
So this could be Han's medal or it could be Luke's medal. Most likely Han, I imagine. It's got to be his his medal. Some people are saying she's going to finally give Chewbacca his medal. That, that would be interesting. Just, you're just about to say it's obviously not going to be Chewie's medal. You never got one. It's a deleted scene. Yeah, you know, who knows? And then you get a shot of Carrie Fisher hugging Ray, which we're told that the majority of the shots of her were from Force Awakens, and they kind of they kind of shot around and through you know, the previous footage that was there and that they try to minimize as much as possible any kind of CGI tricks similar to what they did in Rogue One, you know, where you get a, a young Leia, all CGI. From what I understand, they, they, they're they not going that route. But they do have to kind of, you know, mess with the footage a little bit because these are all deleted extra scenes or outtakes in order to make up her character and, and to give her you know, whatever it is that's needed in the script for her to do. Yeah, it, it's going to feel, I mean, I, I don't know how I feel, but it's, it's still going to feel a bit artificial because you know in the back of your mind, you know, yeah. it's not, it's not, it's, it's been sort of, you know, kind of rejiggered into, into fitting into the yeah. context. Yeah. So yeah, you get a shot of her and then you get a reverse shot where you see Ray's face and it, this could be a different actress for all we know. This could be somebody else playing Leia because you see the back of her head. So that's a possibility right there in that shot. And as they're hugging, you get the Luke's narration again saying, we'll always be with you. So again, that's a shout out, I guess, to us, like you just mentioned, the fact that we know that this actress is no longer here. Luke is gone. Han, is, everybody's gone. You know, she's holding the medal. Han is gone. So Luke is telling us that we're, they're all basically gone at this point, but they'll always be with you. So it's a, it's a very emotional scene, I guess. And, and Ray, uh, you see a, a tear coming down her cheek. Then you get another hero shot of uh, Ray, Poe, Finn, C-3PO, Chewbacca, uh, BB-8, and Dio kind of walking down a, uh, a field, like a, a grassy uh, field looking down on something. And then you get the reverse shot where everybody kind of like well, lost their mind. Part one. This is called Losing Your Mind Part <laughs> One. You get the the shore of, of whatever planet they're on, and there's waves coming forward, and the sky is very cloudy. And out in the water, you see like a decaying structure, uh, something that's pre-built. And you start to see the the contour, the, the, the arch of what looks to me like the Death Star's radar dish, the deflector dish, you know, the where the shot comes from. So you're like, wait a minute, is this a chunk of a Death Star from maybe Return of the Jedi or, or from A New Hope? So you're like, whoa, what's going on here? So that's, that's where kind of things are thrown for a loop. And you're like, oh, is this the direction they're going now? But wait, there's more. Luke once again comes in and says, no one's ever really gone. And the camera zooms over their shoulder more out into the sea. And you can see, again, that, that structure. You see the curve of, of what, you know, that radar dish part of the, of the Death Star. And then over a black screen, you hear this laughter and everybody knows who it is. It's the Emperor's laugh from... Return of the Jedi, from the, the, the prequels, it's it's the Emperor. From pretty much every movie he's been in. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's that laugh. He's got that evil, you know, conniving laugh. And then you get the name of the movie. You see the Star Wars logo, which is all highlighted in blue, which I really, really like. I like it when they, I like that they change the colors on all these films because they, it gives it its own identity. And as the music swells up, the, you know, Star and War split into two and you get the subtitle of the movie, The Rise of Skywalker. And this continues until the next slate, which says December. So this is the teaser trailer. And, uh, you know, they, they've thrown a couple of hand grenades at us. Uh, primarily the biggest one, as far as I'm concerned, it's like they're working the Emperor back into this. The biggest bad guy from the last nine films is coming back to maybe he's behind Snoke. Maybe he's behind everything. Maybe he survives somehow. Who the hell knows how they're going to work him into it? I mean, you, do you have any theories that are not EU based? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when you hear the, the, you know, the laugh come out and everything, you're... <laughs> As someone who read a lot of the EU, that's the first place my mind goes to. But, <laughs> but I, I've heard of a few theories where you know, um, because Snoke looked so like deformed that he was like a failed clone of of the Emperor, mm -hmm. you know, and he was like some Could failed be. experiment. 
I, I will say this as, as as I'm very very torn on the like, if now we don't even know if the emperor is actually you know going to be you know at returning. We, we he has the laugh there, but we don't. Well, know. Let, let me add one thing. If you were watching the 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 live broadcast. What happened at the end of the trailer when they were playing it in the room? <laughs> yeah, they, they 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 put the lights on and all the whole background turned red, and Ian McDermott is standing there, kind of with this evil smile on his face, holding the microphone. People are freaking out everywhere, and I think, and then he goes, "Play it again" or something like yeah, that, or yeah, "Run it again." Yeah, and in the voice, he does the voice, and they played it again, and people are freaking out, and I think. That because some people were saying, oh, maybe that voice was Luke uh, turning evil, or because you know, because Mark Hamill can do voices, you know, he can do a lot of voices, and and I think that J.J. Uh, Abrams confirmed, no, no, Ian McDermott is in this movie, and this was like the biggest secret we were keeping quiet that didn't actually leak for a change. Nobody had that information, and now you guys have it. This guy's in this movie. That's all we can tell you. You know, uh, th that's as far as they're willing to go. Okay, then that changes things. So, 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 okay, so, 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 okay, so if he is in the movie, I mean, it, it, it sort of feels like they're kind of returning because, again, we set up the first, you know, the Force Awakens movie to be, you know, you know, this is return to form. His no, his Star Wars, how you always knew it and everything. Then when Episode Eight came, this is they changed it completely. Where now it's like, no, this is not the Star Wars you knew. You know, everything's mm -hmm. different. And so now it feels like they're going, they're going to go back to this. You know, this is the Star Wars you always knew. I, I, it, it's it's going to create this kind of very very choppy feel to this saga, but <laughs> but which is already you know which is already there. But um, but I'm 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 glad that they, they brought back sort of the overarching villain. You know, of all. Of the entire Skywalker saga because you know right from episode one he was the villain now they're going to end right. it with the same villain so I, that is good I'm glad they're doing it but it just feels like you know it's just a shame that it feels like it, it still feels like it's sort of now as like maybe perhaps it was an afterthought that they have to bring him back well it's hard to tell at this point and it's going to be hard to tell for years because nobody wants to talk about the making of these three films the way that we have those Rinsler books are if you and I think you you might actually we talked about this you I think you have a couple of them yeah. if not all so much time passed that they were able to to really dig deep into the the nitty gritty of the story, of how the story stretched and fought with itself to find, you know, draft one, draft two, draft five, draft seven, and then you have your final draft. That is something that was not able, that they were not able to do for the, for the prequel trilogies. They were not able to put that in book form to see all the problems that, and how the, uh, the script evolved. And here, it's even bigger. They had so many problems. There was supposed to be a Rinsler book for The Force Awakens, and it was pulled. At the last minute, they pulled it. They said, no, we can't talk about this, because around that time, I remember the movie was supposed to come out in, in the summer. J.J. Abrams wanted more time. Then Harrison Ford hurts his leg. The, the door closes on his leg. He breaks his leg. So production comes to a halt. They have to shoot some other scenes to wait for him to heal. So there was a lot of internal nuttiness going on that I guess at this point, they don't really want to talk about it too much. Rogue One happens. And, and there's also a lot of behind-the-scenes problems with the script that people are, are rewriting it and remember the trailer has scenes that never made it to the film and certain characters died and then didn't die and then died or you know there was there was a lot of chaos granted at the end the finished product was great as far as I'm concerned which is a, amazing that they were able to pull that off with a film that had so much chaos behind the scenes a second trilogy film The Last Jedi split the fandom in two you know a, a gigantic <laughs> bomb went off for many reasons some of them ridiculous uh, insane you know you can't even talk about the kind of reasons some of them which could be considered plot points that are not very clear <laughs> that you know you shouldn't have to have you shouldn't have to read a book to understand the movie Fourth film, Solo, they, they, they release it too early. Some people claim it's, it's, it's blowback for The Last Jedi. Who knows? The point is that it doesn't make as much money. So nobody wants to talk about this stuff. Nobody wants to mention that they had to fire two directors. Nobody wants to put it on a book. You know, the, the making of solo books that I've read, they kind of avoid the whole subject of a director, which is like, how do you write a book? 
about the making of a movie and not talk about a director. Yeah, and to that point, the solo Blu-ray, it doesn't even have, like, you know how these have, like, the um, like the commentaries, you know, like, a lot of, like, behind it. Like, it, 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 the solo Blu-ray is, like, is a very generic, like, extras because there's not a lot. Like, yeah. There's not a lot. There's no comments. There's, there's no, there's like, an, There's yeah, an so, elephant in the room yeah. in, every, in every bonus feature and nobody wants to talk about the elephant in the room. Yep. The director of this film was supposed to be Colin Treble, the guy who directed uh, Jurassic oh, yeah. Park, who fought, uh, the, the first Jurassic Park reboot and he got canned too the writer of the force awakens uh aren't i forget his first name the guy who wrote one of the toy story films he was supposed to be the writer and then after he wrote it they handed it over to i think lawrence kasdan to rewrite it so again there's a lot of chaos out there and and nobody wants to really dig into it so i don't even know how we got into this conversation or this topic oh, <laughs> well, well let me I ask forget- well, let me ask you something um at least to get back to the the, the trailer you know, the trailer itself and I remember distinctly when the Force Awakens trailer came out, and it, and it, it was it started actually very similar to this one. It started with the yeah. heavy breathing, but it was uh-huh. it was it was Finn, you it was know, Finn. yeah. And so that created like this sort of like air of mystery, you know, when we first saw the trailer, and then it, you know it, it moved to the shots of the Falcon flying with the Tie Fighter oh, back of it. And let me interrupt. Let me interrupt. Yeah, yeah. The Last Jedi breathe. Yeah, breathe. Yeah, remember, yeah, yeah, so it's yeah, all yeah. it's there. Yeah, it's all yeah, there. yeah. They, 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 uh, I, I'm sure that's not that's intentional. I'm sure they they had that. Uh-huh. You know, they, I'm sure they, yeah. they put that in for a purpose. So, so but let me ask you: Did you get the same sort of like excitement from the first the Force Awakens trailer to the Last Jedi trailer when, when you first saw them to this one? The Force Awakens was more special for me because again, there was such a long period of time not not an insane period of time, but. The main characters were coming back, so personally to me it was more emotional. It hit me harder. I like the trailers for The Last Jedi. I like this trailer, but it's like, let me put it this way. I'm not welling up. <laughs> My eyes are not watering watching this, but I love it. I absolutely love it. I, lo- I want to see more. And now let me ask you a question. The Rise of Skywalker. There's something in this title that is probably, uh, again, there's a hidden meaning here. Is it possible that, you know, are we going to stick to the story that race parents don't really matter? Her, her lineage doesn't matter. Is she now the beginning of a new era of Jedi that are maybe not even called Jedi anymore? Maybe now they're called Skywalkers. This new, you know, the Sith, they are always evil and they're always looking to mess things up. The Jedi are trying to do the right thing, but they can never get their act together because they always go way overboard and mess things up too. So could she be this new thing now that she creates out of whatever she learned from Luke? That Again, this is another theory floating around that maybe they're called Skywalkers, this new warrior. Yeah, and, 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 and now this, this comes into the fact that Star Wars, they, they're, they're try, Disney's trying to, you know, I guess... You know, keep can I like, keep their canon? You know, all unite because there's this. If you read the the book Thrawn, the last Thrawn book, <laughs> it, it comes out the fact that Thrawn's race is called the Chiss, and in their language, in their native language, they call Force users. They call them Skywalkers. Ah. So so yeah, and so that, that that's why when um when Thrawn in the, is a scene in the book where Thrawn first meets Anakin and Anakin introduces himself and says, "My name is Anakin Skywalker." Thrawn, you, you sort of is is written as the fact that Thrawn is kind of like taken aback by this, like he's sort of like confused as to his name, uh-huh. and it comes out later in the book. Thrawn says, "The reason why I was confused when I heard your name is because in my culture, the word Skywalker means someone who's sensitive to the Force." So now I'm not sure if Lucasfilm is going to use that. that that's, it's, Ooh, it's, that's, it's a pretty deep that's cut. That's difficult. Yeah, that's, that's very difficult because if it's already been if it's been established in a book already, they might not want to touch that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and especially something that big, like giving something small. Yeah, I can see them bring it in. You know, sure. But that's that's we're talking like the title of the movie. You know, the the main Jedi name now changing. So I'm not sure if they would use it. But um, but the idea that, of the fact that yeah, Ray is not by blood a Skywalker, but because the way the title says, you know, the rise of Sky, it's not like, you know, the rise of, you know, the, the Skywalkers or something. It's, you know, it, it sounds like almost yeah. like a title, like, you know, the rise Skywalker, of, like a noun, practically, yeah, not yeah. a person, but a thing. Yeah, yeah, like sort of like a, like a title you would inherit. So, yeah, so, so exactly. would, so would, would it be possible maybe Leia bestows upon her, you know, giving her birth name, you know, Skywalker, saying, you know, Ray, you know, I, 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 I don't have a son anymore. You know, he's, he's dead to me, basically. You know, would you take on the mantle of Skywalker. 
Yeah, there's a lot of, there's so many theories again, and this is exactly what happens with this film. I mean, this is what we've done our entire lives. We, we, you know, we, we, we start theorizing in so many different directions. The Emperor, okay, maybe the Emperor did create Anakin. He was responsible for Anakin's conception, you know, his immaculate conception, you know, he, and he's following up on this whole thing about the chosen one. And could she be the chosen one? Some people are theorizing maybe the chosen one. Remember in Clone Wars, they did this whole thing about the, the mortised and then the brother and the sister. What if the chosen one is a combination of two characters? What if it's Rey on one generation and Luke on the previous generation? You know, something like that. You know, I would love that they brought in like the whole like Mortis arc. But again, it goes back to the fact that you know it's already been established. So right. would they really want to go back to that well? But yeah, I would love it. I, I, that's probably one of my favorite storylines in the Clone Wars, um, <laughs> in the Clone Wars series. And the problem also is that you can, for the film you cannot make it too convoluted. On paper and on a TV series, you can afford to spend three, four episodes fleshing out the story, but. To tell somebody who's watching a film, okay, you want to know more about this big plot, gigantic plot point? You have to go watch The Clone Wars, episodes 341, you know. I don't think they can do that. I mean, I don't think they would do that. I think they would have to give you a more simpler reason, explanation, maybe an explanation that lives in a previous film. In the original trilogy, maybe part of it is there. Maybe part of it is in the prequel trilogy. But... Again, yeah, like you said, I don't think they're going to dip so heavy into an EU book or an animated show, you know, to give you the, the meat and potatoes of the reasoning behind this whole thing. It would be, I don't know, I would be a little disappointed if they did that. Yeah, because the average moviegoer, and, and we're, we're not talking about like the hardcore Star Wars fan, we're talking about, you know, the average no, moviegoer. No. Like even my sister, who, she, she, she's a Star Wars fan, but she, she doesn't watch the cartoons or the animated series because... You know, to her, it's kind of like that, like, fine line between the two. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's sort of like, you know, uh, yeah, I guess it's not seen as something as, you know, more serious as, you know, it's an animated show. Well, so. It's like the EU. It's a whole other world that, that to jump in it, it's, it's so deep and it's so much of it that you don't want to devote that much time to it unless you're insane like us. Yeah, yeah. And you, you shouldn't, <laughs> really, you shouldn't, again, you shouldn't have to. Like, like even with uh, episode eight, like, you shouldn't have to you know, have to read uh, books to get backstories on these characters yeah. or, or, may, or, or like put the connective tissue together. You shouldn't have to, that's not really right. how, that's not the mark of a good movie, really. Again, and we, we talked about this a little bit when we did our, another show that hasn't even aired yet about the novels. And that is, when the novels give you extra material, it's great if you're looking for extra material. If you're a fan and you're you're ready to take that next step, that you, you're going, you're, you're willing step. to go down, <laughs> yeah, next step. You're willing to go down yet another level or go up another level. You want more, but your average consumer of that product shouldn't have to dig deep, deep, deep to feel satisfied with the story. The story it should stand on its own. Again, the last episode I did about about art films, yes, there are some films that you're allowed to go insane and you're allowed to be completely confused because that's the style of the film. This isn't that kind of film. This film, you, you're expected to be rewarded with information without having to go into seven more books and a TV series to, to feel satisfied. Yep. Yeah, precisely. And, and, and evidence of that is the Marvel Universe. Again, they, <laughs> if, they, if they wanted to, they could say, you know, they could set up stuff and then force you to read outside. That'd be a great advertising for their comic books, but, wow. but they don't do that. They, each, each movie is self-contained, where, where obviously you probably want to watch Captain America before you go see, you know, the Avengers movie. But right. As long as you stay within the films, you, you have enough to information right, there right. and, and it's expected you don't have to, yeah yeah you know you don't have to read a novel to find out why captain america's you know shield is broken or something or something like that you know so right but for example you could watch guardians of the galaxy without watching captain america yeah, yeah. you know there, there might be a, a a line here or there that you don't get because they might be referring to something but the overall structure of the film shouldn't really like, oh my God, I have no idea what this movie's about because I didn't watch Captain America. No, same thing with, you know, same thing with Star Wars. You, you, I don't know. I think with Star Wars, especially if you're dealing in trilogies, you gotta be able, you, you, you are, you can't jump in the trilogy halfway through. A standalone film, you can. A Rogue One, you kind of can. And Solo, you kind of can. But you can't go and watch episode two 
and know what's going on. Yeah, you know, I, I would even um, you you could watch Rogue One by itself, but the payoff isn't really going to be. The, if, the payoff if, if, if won't show, make any sense. Yeah, yeah, if I show someone a random person Rogue One, they never surprisingly they've never seen Star Wars, which I I don't even know if that person exists. <laughs> um, it, 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 well, it would seem very odd to them. Like I don't think the payoff would be there. Yeah, you're right. It's it, I think it's it it works by itself a little better than the trilogy movie, but yeah. it's still so entrenched in the in in the in the canon of the movies that you you need more background information. Now, let me just say something here. We've been talking for almost an hour just about this trailer now. So what I'm going to do at this point is I'm going to stop here and we're going to wrap it up because there's so much more stuff we want to talk about, but we're going to save that for our next episode because I don't want you guys falling asleep in the middle of the show or driving off the road or something like that. We're going to stop here. I'm going to thank Steve for joining me and we're going to continue next week with all the, if you think this is cool, man, there's another huge amazing thing that I got to see that some people got to see and hopefully you can kind of hopefully it won't be taken down off of YouTube before you all have a chance to see it <laughs> but we're going to talk about that next week so thank you Steve hey thank you for having me and, uh, and this was the, the great one of the great intros to <laughs> celebration like I, they started out they started out with a bang and uh, and it continued to get better so no no kidding no kidding all right as promised, we are going to return next week with the rest of our coverage, the rest of all of these trailers that we got to see online. You know, unfortunately, we weren't there, but the next best thing is being able to watch all this stuff at home as this starts to trickle in. And not only the official trailers that were shown, the official toy news that we're into, you know, specifically we are into, but also the other trailers that were only shown in person there that happened to find their way to the internet and man if you thought that this episode 9 trailer was something wait till you hear how cool some of these other trailers are so i'd like to thank steve as usual for joining me and you guys for listening and we will see you here soon at geek fest rants bye-bye everybody What is thy bidding, my master? There is great disturbance in the Force. I have felt it. We have a new enemy. The young rebel who destroyed the Death Star. I have no doubt this boy is the offspring of Anakin Skywalker. How is that possible? Search your feelings, Lord Vader. You will know it to be true. He could destroy us. He's just a boy. Obi-Wan can no longer help him. The Force is strong with him. The son of Skywalker must not become a Jedi. If he could be turned, he would become a powerful ally. Yes, he would be a great asset. Can it be done? He will join us or die, Master. If you would like to subscribe to our show, send us messages, or see video links to some of the topics we talked about today, please visit our homepage at geekfestrants.com or our YouTube channel, Facebook page, or iTunes at Geekfest Rants. I don't know what we're yelling about! Geekfest Rants is produced by Carlos Perone, copyright 2019. This broadcast is part of the IC Robots radio network. Visit icrobots.com for this and many other nerd slash nostalgia related podcasts. You won't be sorry for long. <laughs> <laughs>